Welcome back to the Wicked Ones podcast. This is Jen. And this is Tara. And how are you doing? Uh, you know, doing all right, doing all right. You're starving, right? I'm like starving. I'm starving. Yeah. We just all ordered Chipotle. Yeah, we did. We yeah, just... with all the healthy changes, mm-hmm. now we just ordered Chipotle. It's our, it's our, once we're done recording, we get to sit and relax with some Chipotle. And we were considering the cauliflower rice. And we said no. We said no. Because <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> it was a little scary. So I'd be curious to hear if anybody's tried the cauliflower rice yet and what they think about it. I just couldn't risk it this time around. I'm too hungry <laughs> to have it be ruined. Right? And then you take a bite and you're like, oh. The worst of it's mushy. Mushy cauliflower rice is just the worst. Well, I just, I love their white rice. It's so delicious. The cilantro and lime. And mm. I know they say they did the cauliflower cilantro and lime, yeah. but. Mm. It's grilled, too, from what I hear. So, okay. I mean, if cauliflower rice is made right, I can handle it. But I mix it in with other rice to, mm-hmm. for the family because they, oh, yeah, they won't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I really don't like that they try to use cauliflower for everything. Mm. Don't do that to me. They overdo it a little with the cauliflower. Yeah. Like it's, you can't substitute cauliflower for everything. I do put cauliflower in my protein shakes, but. You do? I do. Oh, okay. Does it give it like a little more substance? Yeah, it makes it like thicker because mm-hmm. I don't use milk or anything. I bet I just you use can't it with taste water. it though, right? No, I can't taste it. I do like a half a cup or a cup of frozen cauliflower rice with water and ice in my protein powder, and just makes it a little thicker. Oh my gosh, my stomach! <laughs> right, I can't hear, oh, hear so... our stomachs growling. That's crazy though, because I well, not crazy, but I just I cannot do shakes. I have tried several times to just be like, "You're gonna do this. This is your oh, protein. You're gonna take do a shake." And I only do it after I work out. Okay. Like, okay. I don't do it. So it's just your quick protein. Yeah, just to oh. get my protein after I work out. So I'm not using it as, like, a meal supplement. Like, uh-huh. this is the only okay. thing you're going to have all day. I can't substitute my meal. I have to chew my food and eat it. Yeah. Like, I need to physically. No, it's just to get more protein. Okay. Well, that makes that makes sense. I, I've done that before in the past. I haven't done it this workout season. I call it a season That's because awesome. I go through seasons of, like, <laughs> where I do really, really good. And then I'm just, like, workout oh, season yeah. 74. Yeah. And then it just goes down. I I kind of roller coaster. I mean, I think everybody does, right? It's really hard to stay consistent, even though that's my word of the year. (laughs) I know. Consistent. You can do it. But so far it's been, it's been good. So. It'll be okay. Yeah. You're going to stay super healthy with that air fryer that Billy has going. (laughs) He's air frying everything. He's like, this is amazing. This is the best gift ever. It's like when people first got like the microwave. Yeah. And was no, like, oh when I God. just called Steve and asked if they ordered lunch, I heard Billy yell, "We don't need to order anything. We have the air fryer." Is that what he said? <laughs> <in the background? laughs> oh yeah, when we first got it, he pulled it out and he was like, "All right, what can we air fry?" Like I think I thought we were gonna do steak for dinner, so I was like, "I remember because I was upstairs, I was working and purging and trying to get everything done." And I'm like, "Oh well." have steak to look forward to for dinner though it's okay I'm gonna work really hard and I have steak and wine it's gonna be amazing and I came downstairs and it was pizza rolls (laughs) chicken fingers and um actually those delicious hash browns that I haven't had in a while I was like oh they remind me of Hardee's hash browns like it's been a long time that is a really crazy combination right and that is that was it that is what Billy put on the table there was no fruit there was no vegetable. I will definitely have a heart doctor lined up. <laughs> At least it's air fried. Uh, 
I was like pulling out cucumbers and fruit. Like, okay, kids, you cannot just put that on your plate. You have to eat something healthy with it. It's like college all over again. Yeah, I know. But at least you're using it. We love our air fryer. Ours is like falling apart. We use it so much. That's awesome. It's easy to clean. I really thought, oh gosh, this is going to be such yeah. a nightmare to clean. It's not bad. Like a juicer. I just or hand wash it. Um, the basket and like all the stuff. So it's fine. But I will. Oh, say, we just have a basket and a grate. That's it. Uh, we don't have any more stuff than that. Yeah, it's like a basket and then like yeah, a grate. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And then so. It was really easy. I just pulled them out and washed them both by hand, and that was it. Yeah, so it's very easy. It does say that you can put, I think, one of them in the dishwasher, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to take the chance. No, and they take up a lot of space because they're kind of big. Mm-hmm. But it was easy. Too easy. Yeah, Because exactly. <laughs> now we're going to be, I'll just throw in chicken fingers, or I'll just show it, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but I will say the one time I came over here and we had the leftover kebabs, which is like, what steak and chicken and, and veggies yeah and you toss it in the air fryer and it was so nice because it heated it up it really... happens in like minutes and yeah. it happens fast and it's not gross like when you put it in no. the microwave it was still delicious it wasn't weird and like crispy or anything but it was like yeah. it wasn't soggy mm-hmm. it was good yeah yeah so i like it it helps yeah. us use leftovers and we do a lot of vegetables in there okay so you're gonna have to give me a recipe since i still don't i haven't been creative with my thoughts on the why air fryer you gotta yet. burn up those pizza rolls first <laughs> I'm we're gonna to burn house. through the french fries my kids are gonna come home and be like i'm moving to the hardens again oh no, your kids are they're always like ah we gotta go there i'm sure they feel spoiled when they come over to our house just because of like the random it's usually like a shit show and we're like <laughs> here's some donuts for breakfast and here's <laughs> you know whereas i come through smacking donuts out of people's hands <laughs> what are you doing how many donuts have you had <laughs> This is true, yeah. But this is what I need you to do to me. I need you to, like, come smack food out of my hand and be like, stop it, Tara. Well, the season of love is coming, and you're going to get all kinds of candy. Because I'm sure your mom's going to. Yeah. I don't have much for Valentine's Day, I will tell you. Our Christmas tree's still up. I got to take that down. (laughs) So we'll get there. We'll get there. Baby steps. Consistency. But since we are talking about the season of love, I thought it was only natural to pick a case that had to do with sweethearts and things going wrong. We have a a case of fatal obsession today for you. And something that I think is really important to talk about, too, teen violence and abusive relationships. I don't feel like that's talked about enough. Definitely not. Something else that would be good to bring awareness to, for sure. Um, I mean, it's definitely a big fear of mine as the kids get older. You know, a topic that I just... Again, I don't think it's discussed enough. I think that we all think that wouldn't happen to us. That wouldn't happen to our family. We've got this under control. Or you feel like you have a great relationship with your kids and they're telling you everything. But, I mean, I just think it's one of those things, too, where you kids go through different phases and they school's hard and they're at school a lot more than they are at home and they have their friends influencing them. And it's, you know, it's, I think it's sometimes hard I think to know what's going on. Those relationships, I think teen relationships like that, when they're dating, I think they go sideways fast mm-hmm. because they're so intense. Right. It's that puppy love. They're yes. all of a sudden spending all that time. All these with emotions each other. they don't know how to handle. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. also, as you get older, I was terrible at relationships. There's no joke. And I mean, I, my one boy, I mean, stalker, yeah. I, I was a teen. Oh, I was yeah. stupid. I didn't, I had no one telling me that that's not normal. Like, right. 
So I think it's just, I think you're right. I just don't, I don't think it's talked about enough. And I also think that what happens too in those teen relationships where your best friend gets mad at you because you went out with your boyfriend or you hung out with your boyfriend mm-hmm. instead of her and then she's not talking to you so you don't have anyone but your boyfriend. And there's these weird circles that happen as a teen and you just want to fit in and you need something and someone in it. Well, and I think too, for me, I just remember... It feeling awkward to be in a relationship. It felt awkward to have a boyfriend. And mm-hmm. I had to push through those feelings because it just wasn't natural for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't natural for me to have somebody hold my hand or try to carry a bag or try to lean in for a kiss. I was like, I just had like alarm bells going off in my head like this. I don't, I don't do this. Mm-hmm. This is not me. So I had to kind of push through a lot of those negative emotions at first to tell myself like it's okay you can be you can yeah. you can have a relationship with somebody else you can be with I don't know it's just I just remember having all of those things and I I don't know that that's a norm I don't know that everybody goes through that I feel like they don't but no but I think there's also the the other side of it where someone who's super needy mm-hmm. yeah, that's they true. can't live without that person holding their hand or mm-hmm. they need that so I think there's both sides but if letting our teens know where the healthy part of it lies. I think Mm -hmm. it's important. Absolutely. And I think Emma Walker, the girl that I'm going to tell you about today, I think her mom would, would agree. I know that she would want people to, to learn from this and to, you know, hopefully realize the signs of, of teen, you know, teen violence and and abuse. So let's talk about it today. I'm going to tell you the story of Emma Walker and Riley Gull. Uh, And I'm going to start with Emma. She was described by friends and family as being incredibly kind, well-rounded, driven, and compassionate. She loved helping people and animals, kind of like our our girls. Mm -hmm. We all remember, you know, being juniors and seniors in high school, looking forward to college and what we would study or major in. And Emma loved the idea of becoming either a vet or a NICU nurse, but her parents said that she was gravitating more towards working in the NICU and going to school to study medicine. Um, which is just cool because we talk about that too, right? Where it's um, knowing what your calling is or what you want to do is sometimes rare. You know, you, usually you're going into college not knowing what the hell's no, next. No, it's hard to know mm-hmm. that at a young age. It really is. Her mother described her as a leader, not a follower, and that she was a well-rounded individual with many friends and she was well-liked. Uh, she told WATE 6 ABC News, and I quote, her daughter's legacy wasn't how she died, but how she lived. So enter Riley when Emma was just 14. She was a cheerleader and sophomore at Central High School in Knoxville, Tennessee, when she started seeing a football player named Riley Gull. He was two, two years older than she was. Looking back at photos of the two, they seem like such a fun-loving couple, and one I'm sure you can picture, right? The bright-eyed blonde cheerleader in her cute red and white uniform with her high ponytail, standing next to her football player boyfriend. I mean, it's, right, it's... Not, I want to say it's almost like cliche. It's in a lot of the and movies. I was like, I'm going to throw up. Right? <laughs> so, um, you know, both of them had huge smiles, arms around one another. I mean, you would never imagine that behind the sweet, silly selfies and the loving comments that you saw on Facebook, that the relationship wasn't even close to perfect. And again, this brings me to Facebook, right? Because I went through and I was looking at pictures of them. And I think it's important to realize Again, that Facebook only shows us the highlight reel. It's another important topic that I'm not going to dive into, but everything is not always as fantastic and wonderful as it seems, right? There's good hap- there's good things happening that people post about and celebrate, but it's still a highlight. You don't see bad days. People don't usually air their dirty laundry on social media. I mean, some do. What year did this happen? But that's another thing entirely. 
this happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think this goes along to just, well, I'm old, but when I feel like teens now more than ever have to portray themselves as being perfect. I would agree with that. Yeah. So. Well, there's all these influencers and social uh, media and I want to be a YouTube person and I want to do Instagram and I want to make everything look perfect. My wardrobe, my face, my hair, my clothes, my home, my everything. And it's like, that has to be exhausting. Right. Well, didn't I tell you about how Instagrammers were renting out the inside of a plane or you could buy? No. I didn't tell you about this. You can buy a plane prop. To make it look, my stomach is rolling. I heard make that it, one. <laughs> to make it look like you are on a private plane. It's a prop. Like, you could put it up in your basement with lights, and you could take a picture on it, and it makes it look like you're on a private plane. That's So you're pretending people, to be on a private plane? But most of it is pretend. Most of it is well, pretend. I mean, most I of it is not real. How cheesy is that when you know somebody is saying, oh, just a little flight to wherever, and they're in their basement? That that's, right there. But I mean, that's how desperate would ruin these it generations her. are. And maybe it's, I don't want to, I shouldn't say that. Maybe, I mean, it's, some of these people that I see on social media are our age and they're TikToking and doing all these things. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I think that there's just such a strong, strong pull to per, for yourself for, to be perceived as perfect. Or, and mm-hmm. I'm sure if you're like the cheerleader and the jock football player, and everyone thinks you're so cute and perfect and this and that. You don't want to You don't want to disappoint that. people, right? You don't right? want anyone you to think to be... anything different. No, you don't want anyone to think bad of you or negative or that you don't have it all. Yeah. It's a weird time now. It is a weird time. It makes me, I'm scared for our kids. I mean, it's It wasn't just like starting. that when I was younger. Thank God it wasn't like that. Can you imagine if some of the shit we pulled was on Facebook or Instagram? (laughs) But even some of the stuff that Stella says, just the things that they put value on, and I try to listen to her because I don't want to disregard her feelings, but it's really hard not just to be like, that's stupid. That doesn't mean anything. That's not, I know you think it's valuable and I think, I know you think it's important right now, but really... In the grand scheme of things, you're going to realize that that's not important. But again, it goes back to the whole, right? Like every little thing that they're upset about and having like a, and like, you know, their whole world's imploding over something that we're both kind of like, really? That's your issue right now? Well, the way we talk about our Yellowstone characters is the way she talks about like these social media influencers, right? Oh, yeah. And Julia called me out the other night at dinner because Stella was talking about somebody and I rolled my eyes and... (laughs) Julia's like, you and dad are always talking about this show that you watch and blah, 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 blah. And when you guys talk about something, you're super passionate and you, you know, we don't make fun of you and we don't say that it's stupid. But when we talk about, you know, our people, you just roll your eyes. And I'm like, that's right. (laughs) Shut up and eat your healthy meal. I know. And don't talk about the zucchini. But so, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. So months of on again and off again fighting, not so pleasant texts and Snapchats, fights in front of friends. Riley just didn't treat Emma the way that you would want someone to treat your friend, your sister, or your daughter. Alarm bells started going off for everyone around her, especially her parents. Riley started to become possessive and controlling, and the walkers noticed that their sweet, happy little girl just wasn't the same. And I remember, I remember actually watching an, an interview with her parents and. They had mentioned that when they first met him, they liked him. He was a sweet kid, and he came over, and there wasn't... They always do. They can sell themselves. They can. I mean, every time. 
Her parents tried several different things to try and help Emma to see that, however, that this relationship wasn't healthy. And I'm sure it wasn't easy, right? With teens, sometimes they, the more you try to control them, the more they push back. They took away her phone at one point, but then Riley bought her an iPod Touch so they could still text. Her parents tried talking to the Gauls before his high school graduation um, as well because they saw the signs and they reached out for help. But the Gauls didn't really take, you know, the concerns seriously because Emma had started lying to them. She started sneaking out. Riley would sneak in. And she was just starting to isolate herself from her loved ones. And they didn't like that. So... I mean, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe his, so he was raised by his mom and grandparents. They might not have been seeing the same things that they were seeing, you know, they were like, oh, they're just seeing, or they don't. I mean, I didn't really get their side of the story, Mm -hmm. so. But when Riley started college at Maryville, playing football there, it seemed to give Emma a little bit of breathing room. She finally, after several attempts, broke it off with Riley for good. Now, this could have been attributed to her seeing photos of him with other girls at college, Maybe figuring, you know, if he's not going to take it seriously, then I don't have to either. And now this is finally a good way for me to say we're done. Mm -hmm. Riley, in turn, did not handle the breakup well, and he tried to overdose, but he survived. So, I mean, there were even texts that I had read during their on again, off again. He would say, you know, I hate you and I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill myself. Just all of these things, right? These things were not healthy, not good. I know kids throw around things like this today a lot more than they Mm -hmm. ever used to. So it's really hard to know when someone is serious about something like that. We talk about that in our house a lot. You don't say things you don't mean. Oh, 100%. We -hmm. don't play with that. Yeah, no, because that's... So what... Do you know the detail of his overdose? Was this like, I'm going to take four Tylenol? I don't know the details and that's... I almost didn't even put it in my story because I don't know the details of that. It just said that he had he had tried to overdose. So you're right. It could have it could have been a cry for help. It could have been a not a. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it could like be just it, more manipulative. Mm-hmm, another. Yeah. I don't want to. Well, you'll but. see. But we that could be a good assumption based on what happens next. So meanwhile, back in the Walker household, her parents noticed that she was starting to come back to life. She was starting to spend less time on her phone. She was starting to hang out more with her family and friends like she used to, like the old Emma was coming back. Two weeks after the breakup, however, Gall's behavior turned from bad to worse to desperate. On a seemingly normal Friday night in November, Emma was at a friend's home celebrating a CHS football victory. I mean, I'm sure Friday nights were huge for gathering after the games, right? I mean, that's what we did. Staying the night with friends, you remember how it was. So Emma was hanging with her friends at that gathering when her phone started blowing up with these crazy text messages telling her that the person from an unknown number had kidnapped someone she knew and they needed her to come outside. Okay. One text read, I have someone you love and if you don't comply, I will hurt them. And a few others that told her she needed to come outside. And at first she thought it was friends playing a prank. So she just kind of, whatever, just ignored it. But the texts were persistent. So eventually she and her friends went outside and that's when they discovered Gall lying Seemingly dazed on the ground nearby, right? Like he this is kidnapped. ridiculous. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so much anger right now. He didn't overdose. And this is why I knew that you just needed a little bit more information, <laughs> just a little bit more. So basically, this was a plea for attention, trying to win Emma oh. back. Well, it didn't work. Everyone saw through his charade, and I'm sure it made him look crazy. It made him look stupid. Yes. Now these high schoolers think the college kid is dumb. Yes. Yes. So the very next day. A man dressed in all black, covered from head to toe, 
started stalking Emma's home and knocking on the door. She was home alone, so she was rightfully scared. Um, so she called Gall to help. Basically, I still hate you, but I need you right now. I'm really scared. Call your parents. Right, right. But this is exactly what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So not realizing that he... you forever, right, always. Right. Oh, I want to be... I want to swoop in and be the yeah. knight in shining armor. This is exactly this what is so he thought. This is so textbook. Right. Thank you. Um, so not realizing that he was pulling out another stunt to try to win her back, right? And like I just said, swoop in to be your hero. He came by to comfort her, to make sure she was okay. Mm-hmm. And the two sat in the driveway talking for a few hours. But then Emma's mom, Jill, arrived home. So maybe she was somewhere where she couldn't get home right away. Um, so I, it doesn't say. Maybe she did call her mom. You know, you never know. But as soon as Jill saw him there, she said, Time out. You need to leave. If Ava called you and said there was a man dressed in black knocking on the door, you would have called the police. You would not. This is true. And I shouldn't pass judgment. Yeah. But I'm just thinking. This is true. I wonder. I just, I don't have all that information. You know what I mean? And I know that in one other, uh, one other interview that I saw, she had tried, they tried to tell her, Emma, don't you think that this is strange? This person is stalking you all of a sudden. Like, don't you think that maybe this is Riley again? Like, come on, let's think about this here. But she didn't, she, from all that I had heard heard and seen, she didn't think that it was him. She really thought this was some other stalker. He could have asked his friend to do it. Yeah. I mean, you just never know. We're going to play a prank. Play a prank on my girlfriend. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. If my... Like, yeah. Yeah. I would have called the police and I would have been on my way right away. You called the neighbor. You would have called anybody. Yeah. So you're right. You're right. I just, I didn't have a chance to really dive into that and think about like what I would do in that situation. That's probably not relevant, but yeah, no, but that's true. So then as soon as her mom, Jill arrived home and she saw Riley there, she asked him to leave and he did, but there was still one more stunt that he was going to pull. What Riley and his attorneys would later maintain was the third in the series of scare tactics to win his girlfriend back. So he was behind the second one. He was wearing all black sometime on Sunday evening, early into Monday morning on November 21st, 2016. Riley let himself into the Walker's fenced in yard, crept up to the wall outside of her bedroom and fired twice into the wall with his grandfather's stolen pistol directly into the area where Emma would be sleeping in her bed. Fucking idiot. Yes. This wasn't a stunt. This fills me with rage. You know where her bed is. You know where she's going to be. No. Mm-mm. You just don't fire a gun, period. Leave the gun at home. There's no gun like, necessary. It's not, I, there were things that I was things that I was looking at and people were saying, oh, you just fired into the ground or fire. No. no. You don't you don't do it at all. Oh, they were giving alternatives like, to the scare know, tactic. But you yes. know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, oh, well, where he aimed and blah, blah, blah. No. no just don't bring a gun. Don't, don't fire a gun don't into someone's it. house. It's so, never going to end well. Never. No, it's not. Sorry. I'm loud. No. I'm getting angry. I get it. I get it. Um, I mean, I did. Oh, this is so I sad. I feel so bad for this parents and not. I just picture myself being in a situation where you just can't reason with your daughter and them not listening and not being able to do anything about it. No, it's definitely a parent's worst nightmare. You can't. You, well, and they thought that they had her back. They thought things were fine. They were getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't, they couldn't have anticipated what would happen next. No. There's just no way. Um, and this brings me to, this was very sad. I found, I found in an article that mentioned that her father had in fact heard the gunshot 
but he thought it was a door slamming. So he got up to check the home. He saw that Emma was in bed in the dark, so he assumed she was okay. I mean, he saw her. She was sleeping. He had no idea that she was bleeding out from a gunshot wound or that she... Did she get hit in the head? She did. On the left side of her head, right below the ear. So he didn't see it. He didn't see it. And I don't even know that they... It might have been one of those wounds where it bleeds internally because I don't even think they knew what was happening the next morning because her lifeless body was discovered by her mom the next morning when she walked in to wake her up for school. She shook her. She's like, she's not waking up. She checked her pulse. Um, She wasn't breathing. So oh my God. she just knew something was terribly wrong. She had no idea what. She immediately called 911. So I would imagine if there was blood and other things in that that, that would... Yeah, it could have just gotten lodged into the back of her skull. It could have. So even when paramedics arrived, they arrived on the scene, and at first they believed it to be a suicide, right? A possible overdose. However, once detectives arrived and noticed the bullet holes in her bedroom wall, they immediately began processing it as a homicide. And... I have so many questions. Go. No, that's okay. I'll wait. Okay. I'll wait. So Riley quickly became a suspect. In all of their questioning, his name was the one that kept coming up over and over again with friends and family as someone who might want to be, who might want to hurt her or who might be behind this. And Riley, fortunately, made the mistake of telling his friend Alex McCarty that he stole his grandfather's gun for protection because he feared for his life, right? Remember the stunt that he pulled with, oh, somebody kidnapped me and so I'm scared to death and I need to steal a gun. And Right. Once all the events were unfolding and he, start, he started then frantically texting his two friends, Alex McCarty and Noah Walton, telling them that he was going to get rid of this gun, right? And they tried to reason with him. I know that I, I've, I've watched so many different things and things that I didn't put in my, my actual story here, but they, they tried to reason with him and, and ask him why, like, if you're getting, why would you even need to get rid of this gun if you had nothing to do with it? You know, that type of thing. Like, why do you need to go through all that trouble? Why don't you just tell them what happened? Tell your grandfather they can take the gun and they can realize that it wasn't you. So he he said, he told them earlier on he took the gun before it happened. Then the incident happened and then he was under. And then he was like, oh, now I need to. Investigation. Yeah. And then he says he needs to get rid of the gun just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go down for something he didn't do. He kept saying over and over. Well, I don't want to go down for something that I didn't do. Mm -hmm. And right then they knew that he was guilty. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. No. So, so after he shot the the bullets into her room, shot mm-hmm. the gun, is there, did he text her or something? Like, was he trying to scare her or was he trying to kill her? I mean, is there any indication? There like, is no indication. So he didn't text her? Was, it doesn't say. It doesn't say whether there was a text or a... Right. Because, okay. Yeah. So maybe he was, if he didn't intend to kill her. He probably didn't get a response out of the room after it happened. Again, I'm assuming. Yeah. And was like, oh, shit. Because if you shoot a gun into someone's room and it doesn't hit them, they're probably going to jump up and, like, scream something's going to happen. Right. Right? He was probably waiting. Yeah. He he was was probably waiting for her to have a reaction or, like, contact him the next morning or something. Something to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. but if someone shoots a freaking bullet in my bedroom and it doesn't hit me, there's good. The lights are going to come on. Something's going to happen. He had to have known. Something was wrong. Something happened. Yeah. Well, and he, again, he knows where her, he knows her room's layout. What, what was he thinking? He I'll might have been trying to kill her. He might have been trying to kill her. Yeah, Why would you aim it toward purpose. her bed? 
You know? He doesn't sound like the brightest. No, but... that's true. This is true. I don't want to give him any benefit. <sighs> I know. Um, so I really have to commend Alex and Noah because they knew that if he disposed of the murder weapon, that he could possibly get away with this. And they didn't want that to happen. So they went to the police and they asked if they could help, which is awesome. They're amazing yes. people. Good job. Good job, guys. Without regard for their own safety, they set up a time to get together with Riley while wearing wires. And they had a camera set up in their home where they would be playing video games, talking, trying to make everything seem normal, just like, you know, any other hangout. And it was during this get-together that Riley asked the boys to go back to the police and tell them they were either drunk or high when they had told them about the gun. Because they told them. They gave a statement to the police about this gun. And the boys agreed. They told them they were really sorry. They didn't mean to get him into trouble. They didn't think it was a big deal, probably, at the time. Because they thought, oh, well, you can just bring in the gun and they can test it. And they can they can see that it wasn't, it wasn't him. And that's when Riley asked them to go with him to a place called The Bluffs. A wooded area by the Tennessee River where the locals often went to drink and hang out. So this is like an, an area where he wanted to go toss the gun into the water to get rid of it. So they hopped in the car. They stopped at Riley's stepfather's home where he said he had it, you know, hidden in the basement. And they waited for him in the car. He came out with a trash bag full of items and they, they went on to their destination. And I know at that time, too, one of the boys was trying to get him to show them the gun. Because I think that was the key. They had to make sure he actually had, had the, gun. the gun. It was, a fit, you know, so that Before he Before the cops could move in. Correct. So they asked him about it, but he was really weird about it and didn't want to show him anything. So they continued on in the car. And he, what Gall didn't realize, what Riley didn't realize, is that the Knox County Sheriff's Office had Lieutenant Steve Sanders trailing the boys and a couple other unmarked SUVs just waiting, right? They're undercover um, and they were, you know, staying back, just waiting for the, waiting for the word. They had to be sweating. They had to be. Well, and I don't, I, I know that what, from what they had said, they weren't really worried about their own safety. They were worried more about not being able to help that he would get rid of the gun or that they would something, they would yeah, do something wrong. it's just wrong. not going right. Yeah. Right. So the cops are actually communicating with the boys via text. Which is great because then, you know, you can say you're texting anybody. You know, you don't, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't look suspicious. So that's great. And then once they had the actual weapon, when Riley took it out to dispose of it, they gave the code word. And I, I don't know exactly what the code word was, but one of the boys said something to the effect of, oh my God, that's a real gun. So that must have been like mm-hmm. the line that they gave them. And within 90 seconds, the police arrived. They cuffed Gall. They took him into custody. And guess what was inside the bag? A the prosecutor's black. dream, Jen. Gloves, trash bags, shoes, black tape, clothing, the murder weapon, slam dunk. All wrapped up in a neat little bow. He's so smart. Gosh, Riley. <laughs> yep. And this is where I just shake my head, right? The defense tried to say that Gall didn't mean to kill Emma, that it was an accident. That he only intended on scaring her, not causing her any harm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was hoping to win her back, hoping that she would confide in him and he would be there as her hero. Okay. <sighs> Just makes me so angry. Just in the courtroom after Riley apologized to Emma's parents for taking her away from them, for robbing them of the experience of watching her grow up. Just, I can't even imagine trying to keep it together as the parents in that courtroom. I would want to jump over every desk. I know, I'd be restrained. I'd have to be restrained. <sighs> Emma's mother said, and I quote, Riley, you are not Emma's hero. You ended her life 
No punishment will ever bring Emma back, but what helps is knowing that he can't do this to anyone else. Emma is the hero here, and she is definitely mine. Aww. I know, I'm like, I, I'm gonna cry. I'll have to cut that out. <laughs> so jurors deliberated for only four hours. Gall was found guilty of first-degree murder and given life in prison with the possibility of parole after 51 years. Um, and I watched a video where they announced the verdict and you could hear like audible gasps coming from the courtroom as though people were shocked. Yeah, they right? didn't think he would. They didn't think that that would happen. No, no way. But seriously, stupidity is not a defense. It's not. You know, if he wants to maintain this as an accident, you don't shoot a gun into a person's bedroom, period. Mm-hmm. End of story. You know what? He got exactly what he deserved. A life for a life, Riley. I couldn't agree more. Right? I don't think he would have stopped there even if he would have got off because it, it's probably just part of him to be controlling. and Because that was very extreme. I can't imagine him walking away from be, this and being... A normal human being? I'm not going to do that again. He's just got that controlling way. psychotic tendency. Yeah. No, I have a feeling you're right. But luckily we don't get to find out. He's no. by and by. Oh can't do this again. Justice is served for once. You know, right? He was also found guilty of felony murder, stalking, tampering with evidence, theft and possession of a firearm and a dangerous felony, as well as the first degree murder charge that I mentioned. Um, and he would also plead guilty to reckless endangerment. So that'll that'll do it right there. And while Emma's mother is right, his prison sentence will never bring her daughter back. Hopefully her story will resonate with others. Her parents are working to raise to raise awareness And she's trying to get Emma's story out there, not only to keep her memory alive, but to help people realize that verbal abuse can be deadly too. We're still, we're still a long way from getting to a point where we, that we're paying attention to the things that we need to be paying attention to out there. I think it's just really. It sounded like this escalated kind of quick. It does. It does. Jill said, you don't, and I quote, you don't want her death to be for nothing. She wants to educate young people and she wants victims to have a voice, which is exactly what we hope we're doing. Yeah. 100%. So to bring awareness, the walkers have lit up their porch in purple in honor of domestic violence victims and for all of those still looking for the light. And this is in October. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I mean, obviously it's not October anymore, but back when I was doing research and different things, this is what was going on at the in the beginning of October. And it's a campaign known as Marcy's Loft for Tennessee in their month of October. And it's an initiative to support and honor victims and survivors of domestic violence. Um, I didn't know that. Did you know that about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. It's like a hashtag light your porch purple campaign. So I kind of want to. I, I knew purple was for domestic violence, but I didn't know that like mm-hmm. there was so like can, a movement about. Yeah, so you can, and, in October, you can get your, you know, your purple lights in your, around your house. You can replace those and put that on your porch. And that's what that means. So I did not know that prior to to this but I can only imagine how hard it will be in the future right to just help our kids navigate through relationships and finding a healthy balance and space and letting them be themselves and set boundaries and there's so many things right because you're like oh but I gotta do this but then I'm taking away from them being an individual but then I I'm a helicopter mom but now I need to right it's there is no balance I feel like we're always walking a fine line it's crazy. So, As Stella says, Mom, you always want to know everything. It's not a bad thing, And I'm Mom. like, and I do. Yeah. But at least, you know, she care. 
she'll realize that as yeah, she's, as she's getting older she'll more. realize that you care she'll get it. you know we can we can that's all we can do we can talk about tell them about like what makes a relationship healthy versus unhealthy so they can start to think about these things I mean, I read that one in five high school girls that have been on a date become physically or sexually abused. And even when that isn't the issue, there are other risks. I mean, that's that's high. One in five? That's really high. I, I thought it was like one in three. Or one in three women. Well, I guess it's different. One in three women have been sexually assaulted at some point in their uh, life. Ah, gotcha. Probably for women. But this, I think this, this is, is for teens. This is for teens and dating violence. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I just think it's so important to keep developing an open and honest, you know, relationship and communication. And for now, I really love the mom and me journals. So thank you for that recommendation because I really sure. like it. Do um, you guys still use it? We, we don't use it. We do here and there. I mean, it's off and on. I even got one for Chase. So it, we go in spurts. Sometimes we'll go like a whole week or two where we're writing in it every single night. And then we'll go like a month where we forgot about it and, you know, mm-hmm. and we've gotten out of sync. But I feel like it's good because I just... It's a great way for, for me to learn more about what, what, what the kids are thinking and for them to learn tidbits about my life that maybe they didn't know because I'm prompted to answer a question or yeah. to do whatever. It's, it's pretty cool. So I do recommend those. Um, and remember when I had mentioned that Emma wanted to be a NICU nurse? In my research, I found an article in the Knox News where they had named a room at the East Tennessee Children's Hospital NICU in her honor. Oh. Yep. And sweet. they did that on March 20th, 2017, which would have been her 17th birthday. Aww. So I thought that was really sweet. She's such a baby. <sighs> she was. And I'll have to show you some pictures. She was such a cute girl. I mean, they just, they had these videos of her dancing and doing all these fun things with her friends. And it's just, it was hard. It was hard to get through some of this stuff. It just, you can't help but, but think of your own kids and your own, you know, people in your life. It's just, duh. But... But if you or your loved one is in a relationship like this one that I just shared, controlling behavior, keeping them away from family and friends, physical or emotional abuse, threatening behavior, or stalking, anything like this, there are local resources. One such number that I found was 1-800-799-SAFE. So you can go there and you can get addresses and phone numbers of local resources in your community. But at the high school level... I imagine your parents or school counselors would be a really great place to start or just another adult that you trust that you, that you talk to about these things. Well, and I mean, the teens these days, they have access to internet. I mean, you can Google just about anything. You can, you can. I'm sure there's another, we could probably, we could probably post something um, on our website under the story, a link or something in case you're, you're looking for a link and you don't want to actually pick up the phone and call. I know that's harder for teens to do. Sometimes it's hard for me to do. I'm so used to just being able to do everything with like a chat room or a click of a button. I don't, I'm like, oh, I got to call an actual human being. Right. Well, because you can text and keep moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to stop and yeah. wait for a response. I'm sure we can share some stuff. They might even have like a something you could text these days for help or recommendation. I mean, they have, you know, yeah. so much stuff. These. Oh, yeah. When Back when I was... Back when I was actually researching this story, because I'll admit that we've, we, you guys, we have been working on this podcast for a really long time, and <laughs> this is going to be my story last February. So we when, recorded. Yeah, yeah, we had recorded. We just yeah. never used it, and um, we, we were still trying to well, find. Well, COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. Everything fell apart. Yeah. But we got it back together. We did. Yeah, we did. So, I mean, some things have happened, and I think now more than ever, people are doing, like, the online counseling. I hear a lot about it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it's great. And you can stay in the comfort of your own home. You don't have to go to an office. You can talk to someone. I mean, I think that that's 
just making things more accessible and talking to someone is never a bad thing. I could think of a lot of things to talk about with a, with, with a counselor or with, a, I have a lot of, I could make a list. Oh yeah. <laughs> I could make lists. There's yeah. always room for improvement, right? Oh yeah. And I've been in therapy several times. Yeah. So we all have stories. Do we have a flip the script? Um, let's think long and hard here. Do you do anything to celebrate Valentine's? I know we talked a little bit about, um, you know, decorating and how Stella loves to do that, but do you guys do anything as a family? Um, we, well, we've done like the heart shaped pizza before. It kind of depends on the night, whether everyone's going to be home or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Steve usually sends me flowers that are three times the amount of money that they should be. (laughs) And they arrive dead and I tell him not to do it. And he does it every freaking year. I'm like, save that money and do something else with it. Stop doing, but he can't. And then he'll talk the kids into like stopping at the store so they can get me flowers and end up with all these flowers that are overpriced. And yeah, I, you're like I, me though. In that way, that is one thing that we have in common. Whenever flowers show up or anything, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this was so much money. Yeah. I'm like, don't do that. Yeah. But so Steve always is very thoughtful and we'll do something nice. And the girls always do something nice. And so I try to Embrace it. Yeah, I try to do something. We've done so cute things. Like, we're, I don't know, I'll pick up some, like, heart-shaped cookies or mm-hmm. we don't do anything big. We definitely, well, obviously, COVID's not going to let us do anything. But we don't go out to dinner. Like, Steve and I don't go out to dinner or anything like that. It's, oh, it's no. a family yeah. thing now. Yeah, we don't we don't celebrate as a couple really ever. And it's kind of funny because we got engaged uh, February 15th. So we closed on our, not three houses, three houses, (laughs) three houses ago, (laughs) we closed on Valentine's day. Oh, gotcha. Um, So, but yeah, no, we don't, we don't ever do like a, oh, we have to make this a special date night or whatever. Oh no. God, no. This year I'll probably still just be in my pajamas and I'll make some, ask the family what they want to do special for dinner and we'll get, we, you know, we do cards, we get each other like cards or whatever. And I'm sure I'll have some flowers and a nice card and a bottle of wine. From Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Dry January will be over. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I can have some wine. We'll see. Well, I think this year we need to start a new tradition of doing Galentine's Day. So even though we don't celebrate um, with the guys, (laughs) we need to celebrate. We need to have like a snack day and like call it Galentine's celebration. Whatever we need to do to get another day out on the calendar. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Galentine's Day slash snack day. Mm -hmm. I think that's good sounds stupid because I'm not into the Hallmark holidays but I think Valentine's Day is super sweet because it just gives girls especially I think in high school and college and like at that level they don't feel that void yeah I yeah 100% that we never you're really not dating, had that back in the day no, no you always felt like a loser on Valentine's yeah, Day yeah you did uh-huh. totally if you didn't have a date yeah. or whatever because it was such a big deal then like now it's like cool you can have you know, yeah. put on your fuzzy slippers and hang out with your girlfriend and like it's Galentine's yeah. and it's cool. I like so I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. You don't feel like a person in a relationship. I remember what was that movie where Jessica Beale comes out and she just like smashes the shit out of a pinata that's and it's like all about like bashing Valentine's Day or whatever. Oh, and I, I was like, I don't know if I've seen that. Oh god. We I might just have to like pull up the, the scene on YouTube and show it to you, but yeah, it was awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. 
It's hard, I think. Like, I want to get the girls something little, but I despise stuffed animals and anything in that category. And we are definitely not buying any candy because I'm the fun police. So I don't, like, what do you buy them? And you don't, Yeah. I'm not going to buy them something of substance. I mean, I will never forget my eyes switching when Stella told me someone got a bike for Valentine's Day. And a bike? I was like, I was speechless. And <laughs> I, you don't, we, no, no, you don't get no. bikes. No. no. You have bikes for Christmas. I think, I think what I did last year, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, is I think I got Ava a Starbucks gift card and Chase like a Chipotle gift card because that's like their favorite places. And it was like maybe $10, you know, and a little card so that, you know, and then I told them. Um, that we could do like a girl's day and a boy's day. Obviously we're not going out and doing any of that stuff right now with COVID, but, um, you know, that we could like have a special time together or whatever. And you know me, I'm like, I'm all into all this stuff too. So, um, one year I printed out like coupons, you know, like you could, you could turn this in for like a free pass on whatever, or a, oh, you yeah, get to I pick did coupons before. And then whatever. they try to redeem them. I'm like, today's not a good day. Right. I don't think they've ever actually redeemed any of the coupons oh. I've ever given them. But. Oh, you know Julia. Julia's <laughs> oh, like, I'm going to watch a movie. We're going to go She's got shower. like five She's coupons. She's got five coupons. She's this got the, is our Saturday. The whole day planned. And I'm Cash like, you know, honey, I got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Here, so if I give them another coupon, they're literally going to start them on fire. <laughs> Stella will be like, this shit again. Mom, you can't just keep giving us coupons because you don't have any ideas. <laughs> they don't. You don't ever let us cash them in. Well, and I'm like, there's no expiration date. You can keep them forever. <laughs> I bet you if I go clean out my kids' drawers or, like, help them with it, there's There's, there's like, coupons. four years of coupons. Oh, yeah. There's, like, Easter Bunny coupons. There's, like, <laughs> Valentine's coupons. <laughs> oh, anyway. So I'm going to try to come up with something good this year for Valentine's Day because I want to surprise the family. That's actually on my list of, um, so I made a list of, you, I've told you about this before. I did a 20 for 20, which most of it went in the tank because of COVID. But I have a list of 21 for 21, and it's different things that I want to do oh, throughout the yeah. year. And one of them is being uh, acknowledging those little holidays a little bit more because I know they're important to my family, even though they're not important to me. So I want to do something a little special for them. That's awesome. I mean, no one's getting bikes or anything, but... <laughs> You never know. It never might be say like never. A, bal- a balloon or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Because everything, you like you said, everything we say we're not going to do, we've ended up doing this year. So it's okay. It's okay. But, All right, yeah. Well, um, Chipotle should be here. I'm starving. So let's wrap this up. We love you guys. We'll, we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. And happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Happy Valentine's Day. All right. Bye. Bye.